Greetings and welcome to a sip of inspiration. Every moment in your life is filled with all the opportunities that life has to offer. My name is Stephanie Wilson Coleman. You see, life is a canvas and you decide to color. What colors will you choose for your life today? Listen to the words of the soul. Greetings and welcome to A Sip of Inspiration. I'm Stephanie Wilson Coleman, the Empowerment Doctor. You know, I had the pleasure this week of riding an elevator, and I know as you say, elevator rides can't be that exciting, but there was a, a man on the elevator that said to me, he said, everybody dies, but very few people live. I thought tonight would be a great time to talk about that. How do you live? How do you make certain that you get the absolute best out of this life? You see, this is not a dress rehearsal. We get one chance at this merry-go-round called life. Now, we put the topic out earlier, and I've gotten a couple of questions already, so I'm going to open the show with that question. The first question is, you recently said impossible was spelled I am possible. Would you expand on this? A lot of times, if you pay close attention to people's conversation, you hear a lot about what's impossible. And as you all know, we just simply spell it I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E. But we look at that word and we decide that it means that something that just cannot be done or it just cannot be done by us. I choose to look at the word impossible as I apostrophe M, which is I am or I'm possible. When you look at every situation that occurs in your life, every challenge, every opportunity, anything that you may think is difficult, if you look at this word, I am possible, and just truly believe that you have what it takes to be successful, to make whatever that is a success, then you will, for yourself, decide not only are you possible, but then you will prove that you are possible. Another question that I got tonight through an email was, Matthew 18, 20 says, where two or more gathered, I will be in the midst of them. What is your perspective? I have a unique perspective on this. You see, I happen to believe that where two, are, where two of you together is not necessarily always two distinct individuals. Because in my mind, since we all have different assignments and we all have to accomplish very different things, sometimes it's hard to get two people on one accord. I believe the two that the scripture is also referring to is one, what's in your mind, and other, what's in your heart. See, I believe that nothing occurs in your life until your mind and your heart agree. And this is what that conversations look like, because I know everybody says, hey, my mind and my heart agrees, but our heart tells us that there's something that we need to do. Our soul longs for this thing that we need to do, but this thing here, this mind here says, oh no, you don't have enough money. You don't have enough education. You're actually too old to do that. And we have to have a conversation with ourselves to where we sit down and we actually address the issues that are brought up by what's in our mind. We have to look at the fact that it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are, how tall, how short. Race doesn't even matter. When there is an idea given to you that's placed in your heart 
and you know that that is true for you, then it is true for you. As a matter of fact, it's for you to do. And it's for you to do no matter the age, no matter the race, no matter the sex, no matter the height. One other thing that I think that's important, and you see the email is just rolling in, is how can I manifest my dreams? Now, I'm a big one on, I'm a big one on manifesting things. I think that every special moment, every moment is special, and every moment has every single thing that you need in order to manifest your dreams. Now, you're saying, yeah, right. I also believe that money is the easiest thing in the world to manifest. Now you're saying, okay, she's really lost her mind. This is why. You see, every single moment is filled with all of the ideas, all of the love, all of the energy that you need. What you have to do first is make a decision as to what it is you want to accomplish in this life. See, you are all powerful. You write your own story. So you have to ask yourself, if you're writing your own story, why are you writing a story that's filled with heartache and pain and tears? We're given signs and information along the way. And a lot of times we are held back by the people around us. And once we decide what it is we, we want, that's the first question. What do we want? Then you ask, who's going? All too often, we want to go where we need to go and we want to bring everybody along with us. And just maybe that's not their, their idea. Just maybe that's not where they're supposed to be. Now, once you actually decide what it is you want to do, then that all-important conversation between your head and your mind, you've got to then really address any obstacles that your mind sees as real. Sometimes you have to negotiate with that voice that's in here. You have to say and remember, you know, there were some other things that I wanted to do once in life, and I didn't think I could do it, but I did it. It turned out all right, and it was pretty successful. Because if you were ever successful once, you will be able to be successful again. So decide, take care of the conversation between your head and your heart, and make sure that they are in agreement. And the next thing you have to do is the first idea that you get about how to manifest that is the first step that you need to take. This is where we get a little bit shaky because a lot of us want to see the entire roadmap. We want to see all the steps that we need to take from the creation of the idea to the completion of the idea. And we will not have that information. Just start where you are. Start where, right where you are. What can you do right now, today, toward manifesting your dreams and do that thing? Now, some days it may not be a lot of things. Some, th some days it just may be a few phone calls that you need to make. Some days it may be writing some letters. Maybe it's preparing an email campaign. But it's whatever it is that you can do right where you are today, that's what you need to do. Now, the other key is consistency or discipline. You've got to be disciplined enough to do something every single day toward manifesting your dream. There's seven days in a week, you should take one action a day at a minimum, seven actions. Now I want to caution you against waiting and says, oh, I'll just, just, I'll just do seven on Saturday. No, every single day. As you complete that task, then you are to review that task. You are to celebrate what you accomplished 
and you're to learn the lessons from the mistakes that you made. It has got to be okay to make mistakes because you will make plenty of them. No one is perfect. As a matter of fact, perfection isn't even required on this journey. This journey requires discipline. After that, and you review every single thing you've done, and you review what worked and what didn't work, you've got to now begin to surround yourself with people who are also living their dreams because that's where the ideas are shared. You'll learn more about what you need to do. You'll learn from the others. They will also learn from you as you go about living your dreams. Now, I want to caution you about doing something or making a decision to pursue something just because of money. A lot of people look at ideas and opportunities and say, oh, I could make a lot of money. While you are in the pursuit of success, you will find that some days will be very long and some days will appear to be unsuccessful. It is during this time that you have to really love what you do because you're going to have to stick with it. What you think about is also important to manifesting your dream. Every single day, you've got to get up and every single day you've got to declare it a success before you even leave the day. You've got to have a conversation with yourself that's powerful, that's uplifting. Because that is the most important conversation that you will have all day. A lot of us have great conversations with others, but when we are alone in our own minds, we have terrible conversations and we say terrible things to ourselves. So you've got to stop that. You've got to remind yourself of all the things that you're good at. You've got to remind yourself of all the things that you want to accomplish. You've got to remind yourself of why you love yourself. So never pass by a mirror without saying, I love you and you're successful. After that conversation that you have with yourself, you've got to make sure that from that point forward, all the words that you speak are uplifting, inspiring, and healing. See, there is no need for you to spend any time telling anybody else what they need to know because people already know what they lack. People already know where their deficiencies are. So what you need to do is to remind them about what's good about them and what's great about them because what you see in others will actually come back to you. After we're watching our, our thoughts and our words, I heard somebody say the other day, you know, whatever comes up comes out. That's just who I am. You know, we develop a series of personalities or behaviors that serve us well to get us through various crises. And these behaviors are just what we need at that time. Where I think we make our mistake is, is after we overcome that and after we get past that situation, we do not discard those behaviors. We need to drop some of those behaviors at that point and pick on new behaviors because we'll need new personalities and new dispositions for where we're going to go. So you may not believe that you can control every thought that you have. You can, however, control every word that you would say. So if you have the tendency to be one of those, what comes up will come out, I caution you to think about what you're going to say and ask yourself a few questions. Is it necessary to say that? Is it true? And if it's, if it's true, and if it's necessary, is it nice? And is it gonna make a difference? 
And if it doesn't make a difference and you can't find a positive, to, a positive way to say that, then you're better off not saying it. Now, I'm not saying that if you know that something needs to be corrected or you need to have a difficult conversation, I'm not saying that you're not to have those conversations. What I'm saying is, is that there are ways to have those conversations so that they are uplifting and inspiring because that's the way to speak to the hearts and the souls of other people if you want to inspire change. In living your dreams also, I encourage you to engage in what I call just a game play. I want you to spend some time just sort of role modeling and acting out what it was going to feel like when you actually achieve your success. What are you going to do? Where are you going to eat? What are you going to wear? Who are you going to know? Who are you going to talk to? And I want you to talk about that to yourself in a mirror. I want you to actually take on the feeling of what it feels like to be successful, to have achieved your goals. And once you take on that feeling, after the game is over, I want you to remember the feeling because that's the feeling I want you to do your best to hold on to and to take with you absolutely every single day. See, it's that feeling that's going to help fuel the manifestation of that dream. It's that feeling that's going to remind you of just how much you love this idea and how excited this idea of yours really makes you. You know, I have a survival kit that I generally give out at seminars and book signings that I do. And there are a series of items in this survival kit, and they're generally pretty good keys to what you need to do and to remember to live your dreams. And one of them is a button. The button is placed in there so you can remember to button your lip. So we want to talk about everything that's wrong and we don't want to talk about any of the things that are going right. And if you really looked at your life and decided and identified what the problems were, you would actually discover that 80% of everything in your life is working well. 20%? Uh, maybe not so much. But we spend 80% of our time talking about the 20% of the things that are not going right. And as I always say, keep your mouth closed about that because 80% of the people that you talk about don't care. And 20% of the other people glad as you. So button your mouth about all of your problems. Speak about uplifting things, the positive things. Because the more you talk about the good things that are happening, the more good things will happen. Another thing that I have in there is a, is a safety pin. The safety pin serves as a reminder that you are to keep all the little things together. You have to be organized. You have to keep notes about all the things that you're doing. You have to not only keep notes, but you have to review them. So get some kind of tablet or some kind of folder. It doesn't have to be an expensive journal, but you need to write down exactly what's going on, how you feel about it, what you were accomplished, what you did extremely well, and maybe what you need to do better. So it's no accident that that's coming to you as you all share a common thought or a common belief, and you need to work on that belief. The one other thing that we need to know is that it is easier for other people to infect negativity than it is for you to infect what we tend to call positive, positivity. Now, I caution people about saying things like, oh, I'm so positive, okay, or I try to speak positively, because their positivity is like a way of life. 
It's more than what you say. It is everything you say at the same time. It's everything you do. It's everything you believe in. So you have to watch what you say and what you do too. I find that sometimes people say, oh, I'm so positive, but then they complain about every little thing that happens. They complain about the traffic. They complain about the people at work. They complain about having an ache or a pain as opposed to just remembering that first rule I talked about. You start off every day knowing that you're a winner and you talk to yourself and you remind yourself that you are a winner. Now, it is impossible for you to drag anybody along on this path with you. So that one is one you need to give up. All too often people who are on a new path or they discovered a new journey want to bring everybody they know along, okay? And that is sounds like fun. That way we can all be happy on a little rowboat, okay? But that is probably not going to happen because everybody is at a different place in their journey. And what we have to learn to do is we have to alert we have to learn to allow others an opportunity to grow at the pace that they need to grow and to grow when they need to grow. It is impossible for us to change other people. Just work on and focus on yourself. So instead of seeing the negative things in your family members, start focusing on their positive qualities. I do have another internet question, an email question that says, it seems like every time I try to move forward, the haters come out of the woodwork. How do I deal with this? That's sort of similar to the last question about the caller who is actually living in the house with people who are trying to influence him to um, be more, become more negative, probably like he used to be. Um, according to that great philosopher, Cat Williams, the more haters you have, the better you know you are doing, the more successful you are. I actually don't call them haters, though. What I find is as we're moving forward through our journey, what begins to happen is these, I call them angels who come to show us our little dark sides. These people come, come on your space and come on your way, and they either come to teach you something, come to bring you a blessing, or they come for a blessing, come for you to bless them. A lot of times people look at you and they feel automatically that they need to talk about you because there is no way that they could do what you're doing and you're just reminding them that they're not living their own dreams. The way that I think that you should handle that first off is remain positive always, always, always. Help other people see their good points. Help other people see what they're good at doing. You see, everybody wants to have a great time in life. Sometimes people don't know how. And for those of you who figured out how to live your dreams and enjoy life at the same time, other people are actually not hating. What they really want to know is how do you do it? How can they do it? So what I would give them is some kind words of encouragement and to try to help them on their way. And then that way, you show that you're as interested as them as they are in you and you can turn that situation around. From a personal experience, uh, back in 1988, I had a basal skull fracture and I was told that I was going to die. I decided that I wasn't going to die, that I had a lot of things to do. So every day I started thinking about all of the things that I had to be grateful for. And I started thinking more about the things that I wanted to do as opposed to the things that I couldn't do. And as I began to create these little mental scenarios and see myself actually doing these things, I actually began to heal. I began to experience healing. 
Now, it has been noted that optimism will actually lower your blood pressure. It will actually get rid of some other kinds of uh, diseases and ailments that people have. And when you're optimistic, you always feel as if you have a chance to succeed, that you have one more opportunity to make it. And you do for every moment that you are alive. That is a moment to be grateful for. For every breath that you take, that's what you should celebrate. And the more you celebrate and be grateful for what's going on right now, the more things you'll find that you have to be grateful for. Now I've got another question. My bills are overdue. I have no money. How is a positive attitude going to help me? Well, add a little humor to it. It can't hurt, okay, because it doesn't cost anything. And being negative about it won't pay the bills either. So you've got to decide, you've got to make a decision to be happy. And happiness is not dependent upon what's going on around you. Happiness is a state of who you are, no matter where you find yourself. And if you are moving forward and trudging forth and going towards your dreams, you will find yourself in this lifetime both on mountaintop experiences and in valley experiences. You will have opportunities to know what it feels like to have no money to pay your bills and you will also have opportunities to know what it's like to have more money than you need. You see, every single experience has come to pass, but every single experience has come to teach you something. So that if you have found that you are in a situation to where your bills are high, there's no money coming in, those are financial counselors. Now, that message didn't just show up today and it didn't just show up suddenly. And that's the one thing that we have got to watch. I have been in that situation too. And then when I was in the situation, there were little subtle reminders or little subtle cues that you were spending more money than you had coming in. And I ignored them. And they just got worse and worse and worse. And finally, I didn't have any money coming in and I had too many bills. That is a time when you have to do several things and you have to be real disciplined about it. One of them is you have got to find something to be grateful for. Okay? You've got to look at those bills not as bills and not as a hindrance, but actually as a statement of prosperity, as a statement of the fact that people expect you and look to you to be successful because they have some expectation that you'll be able to pay the debt. The other thing is you have to start looking around your house and it's a good time to give. You need to clean out your closet, get rid of anything that you don't use anymore, donate, donate, donate. After you've done that, then you've got to find some way to help other people. After you've done that, then what will begin to happen is now you'll find some doors will begin to open. You are to contact all of those creditors and you are to make arrangements to talk about the debt and to come up with ideas as to how you can repay the debt. Once you start doing that and once you have an attitude or a, pros or a posterity of gratitude, you will find that when you're having those conversations with the creditors, they're not nearly as difficult as you expected them to be, but nothing is generally as difficult as we think it's going to be. As a matter of fact, it's been proven that 96% of the things that we worry about never come to fruition. So I need you to have those conversations with those creditors, and then I need you to start to learn about money. Learn about how money works. Learn about how much debt you should have in relation to the income that you have. I want you to start looking for work, looking for jobs, and look for any job. See, prosperity doesn't come based upon the job that you have or the amount of money that you make. Prosperity comes directly related to how grateful you are, how appreciative you are, 
how well you use the money you have. And I'm a big believer in tithing yourself to prosperity. And tithing is another key to it. See, if we take the money that we have and do what we're supposed to do, 10% of it to tithes, 10% of it to a long-term retirement plan, 10% of it to a savings, and 70% of it to take care of all of our expenses, what you will find is over time that you will get to the situation where you no longer have bills and you have much more money. There are no quick fixes because you didn't create this situation overnight. The situation is not going to go away overnight. And as I say, this is a situation that we created ourselves because we didn't listen to the first warning. You have to figure out what those warnings are for you, though, because they're different for everybody else. Some people lose control when it comes to money, uh, when it, you know, in buying food, some in clothes, some shop too much, some people have addictions. Some people simply want to impress others with the things that they have. So you've got to figure out what emotional buys or what emotional satisfaction are you getting from spending money as opposed to investing money. And only you can answer that question. Thank you. What would you do if you were told that you had a year to live and you needed to make money? That's always a big question. What would you do if you knew you could not fail? And if you come up with a blank with those questions, I ask, what do you do now that just makes you feel good? Makes you feel happy when you're doing it. Now, a lot of people then say, well, you know, I know what those things are, but I can't figure out how to turn it into a, a mechanism to where I can actually make a living from it. I don't know how to make money from it. And then this is what I say there, is there are thousands upon thousands of people who have started businesses because they did something that they loved, and those businesses are now prospered. So take one step at a time. First, identify what do you do that makes you feel good? What do you do naturally? And if you don't know what you do naturally, ask the people around you, because all too often we take for granted our natural talents and our natural skills because it's things, we, it's things we do easily. So we think that it's not important. However, the people around you can tell you the things that you do without effort, the things that you enjoy to do, and the things that you're very good at. So you find out those things. The next thing you do is you do a little bit of research and you find out going to the library or even on the internet or even through some various uh, nonprofit organizations who specialize in helping you vet your dream out and determine how you can make uh, profit from it. And you figure out how, how, can this, how can this be profitable for me? How is this profitable for someone else? Because if, if it's ever been profitable for someone else, it will be profitable for you. Uh, there's a question. What are some of my favorite things? Gosh. <laughs> shoes. I love shoes. As a matter of fact, I think it's like my personal responsibility to like own all of the shoes that they make. That's one of my favorite things. The other thing is reading. I really like to read. I tend to spend my time reading books about um, God, different ideas. I love ideas. And I like to read about ideas that are different from my ideas or different from things that I believe in because I think that that's the only time that you can actually create an original thought. It causes me to stretch. I like to read 
about things that are my profession. I love to read about money. I like to read about stocks and bonds. I like to read romance novels. Those are some of my favorite things. This question asks, I've tried and tried and tried, but it seems like I cannot be successful. What do I do next? In one of my books, I wrote a story um, entitled, When Your Goals Seem Out of Reach. And the one thing that I talked about is when the goals seem out of reach, normally it's because we're trying to do too much too fast and we're not spending time doing the things that we really need to do. A lot of us will have a plan about what we want to accomplish and it'll have 30 things on it. Now, that's what I do. I'll come up with a plan, it'll have 100 steps on it, and by God, I'm gonna roll through the first 50 of them in the first week. The problem with that is as I don't give each step time to germinate. You do one thing at a time, as I said earlier. After that thing is completed, then you're gonna ask yourself, what went well? What was successful? You're going to ask yourself, what didn't go so good? What could I have done better? With that information, you're going to take that information and then you're going to use that new information when you implement the second thing that you're going to do. Sometimes we're moving so fast that we miss all of the signs and the signals that are trying to help us make the corrections that we need to make. Now, people will often come along and tell you what's wrong with your plan and what you don't, what you need to do and what you're not doing. A lot of times we take that as people being negative. Sometimes those people are simply giving you information that you may need to implement into your plan or information that you at least need to consider and research. So it's not so much that they're being negative, it's just that that's the only way that they know to get the information to you. But now that you have the information, you need to actually look at that. After you sit back over a period of time and you have charted all of the results of what it is that you are doing, you will find that you will have successes. You need to stop and celebrate those successes and you need to be grateful for those successes because it's those successes that will lead to the next successes. You see, everybody's success is generally not an overnight success. What they have is 30 years of small successes. And when you put them all together, they actually culminate into one big success. Now, next question. You talk a lot about those two voices that are in your head, the good voice and the not so good voice. Could you expound? Now, when I have these great ideas about things I want to accomplish, I have that nice, wonderful voice that says, oh man, that's a great idea. I can see you doing this. This is really great. Oh, I'm so excited. Then I have that other voice that's sitting over here that says, yeah, right, you are not going to accomplish that. Who do you think you are? You ain't never done anything like that, child. You are too old to do that now. Huh? And besides, you're probably too fat. What I do is when I have those voices is that I have learned where those voices come from. So that voice that is that loud voice that tells me what he can't do, I simply have learned to silence it, to not pay attention to it. And I refocus my attention to the voice that's reminding me that I can do this. Now, that doesn't keep that voice from talking. It still talks as much now as it did before. So for those of you who are able to completely silence the voice, I commend you, hats off to you. 
But for those of you who are like me, where that voice is still actively talking, you just have to ignore it. Sometimes I tell it to shut up, and that works. I've got a question here. It says, what are your views of the, the effectiveness of prayer? I believe that prayer actually accomplishes more than one thing. Prayer moves us more than it moves God because God has already said yes. What prayer does is it helps moves us to the point where we finally believe that we can do this and that we're worthy of that. Prayer helps you get really clear about what it is you want to accomplish and what it is you don't want to accomplish. Now, prayers don't have to be long. They don't have to be sad. They don't have to be beseeching. Prayers can be short. As a matter of fact, there are two prayers that are very short, that are very effective. One prayer is, thank you. Thank you for this, whatever the thing is. And the other prayer is, help. I don't know what I'm doing. Help. And often I found that if your prayers are much longer than that, then you're actually not really praying. You're actually still kind of working out what it is you believe that you can accomplish. So when you're praying, I want you to pay attention to the tone of your prayer. First is, before you pray, you have to forgive. So if you're holding any grudges against anybody, if you're angry with anybody, if you're upset with anybody, you have to clear all that out first. And you are to come to prayer, not begging, not beseeching, but being very grateful and very appreciative for simply that moment that you have to commune with the almighty presence, with this great divine spirit. What approach would you take in correcting manifestation work? Okay. A lot of times people manifest things and they say, oops, I didn't mean to, that wasn't what I was aiming for. Not that. We say, oops, what do I do? What do I do? All you need to do is to change your mind, change your thought, change what you're focusing on. Just say, hi, I no longer am interested in that. I want this instead. Just having different thoughts. Also, on a, to expound further, if you're having some conflict in your life, the conflict is usually due to the fact that you agreed or decided or said you were going to do one particular thing and you have taken a different course of action. It is at that time where you have to come back and look at the thing that you said that you wanted and that you simply no longer want that and release the idea of that. And then you just come up with different thoughts, with a different idea. You can re-decide what it is that you want to do any given point of your life. You can re-decide. You can say, you know, I tried that. That's not exactly what I thought. And what I want to do is this. Now, the wonderful thing about this and the wonderful thing about stepping up and working towards your dreams is that you will get different information because a lot of times things look one way to us and we actually have the experience and decide that's not quite what I wanted. Go back, simply address your, address your dreams, go in, readjust your actions and decide what new path to take and it's perfectly okay to take that path. 
Another question that I got is that I often say that we treat our money like we treat our relationships. Oh, God, is that true? And they want me to expound on that. We treat our money like we treat our relationships. This is what happens. Think about how you treat your friends, okay? And then think about how you treat your money. Sometimes your friends call and you just really can't be bothered and you just go through, yeah, 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 yeah. Or you find yourself, if you really don't want to talk about what they are really interested in and about what they want, you start some line of gossip. We generally do money the same way. We just throw it anywhere. We use it on anything. We don't really think about what we're doing and we don't really think about what it is we are saying with our money. See, money is energy just like relationships. And you will find that how you use your money is how you actually treat the rest of your life. Explain forgiveness and forgetness. Now, I always say you have to forgive, and I said that earlier, and you really do, you have to forgive. And forgiveness is a key and a gift that you give to yourself. You don't do it for other people, you do it for yourself. Because as long as you're holding that grudge or holding that thought of unforgiveness and you're holding on to that angry, uh, anger, you're actually holding on to that other person. You're actually holding on to that experience and you're dragging that thing everywhere you go. You're dragging the memory of that bad relationship into every relationship you're going to have. You're dragging the memory of that terrible boss into every job and every promotion you're going to have. And that gets heavy and it wears on you. It raises your blood pressure. And guess what? The other people don't even know you're mad. So you give yourself the gift of forgiveness. You don't have to tell them that you have forgiven, but you do have to forgive. Another secret to forgiveness besides it's a do-it-yourself issue, you don't have to share the process. You just do it. They don't have to know. The other thing is you forget it. But the key to forgetting it is that what you're forgetting is you're forgetting all of the angst and the anguish and the anger that's associated with that event. So when you talk about that relationship or that event or that action or that person, you're no longer feeling those feelings that are negative or disempowering or that are unforgiving. You can talk about it. It doesn't mean that you actually forgot that it happened. You uh, don't have to have the person over for dinner. You guys don't have to be best friends. You don't have to be friendly friends at all. You just no longer remember the experience and the feeling of the experience because it's the feeling of the experience that is actually the thing that has to be forgiven. And as you go through life, you will notice that feelings are actually an avenue that will help you understand and know what it is within your own self that must be forgiven. And if you ever have situations where you're feeling angry about something, then that lets you know that that is what you have to heal. It's been my experience that when we are generally not happy with the choices that we've made and we don't feel as if we have the power to change them, what happens is two things. First, we mess up our money. That's really easy to mess up. And the second thing we do is we mess up our health. When you hold on to a lot of unforgiving attitudes and beliefs and a lot of hard, unforgiving thoughts, 
you will find that that will begin to affect your health. You will you find yourself actually always talking about what's wrong with people, what's wrong with you, why people aren't right, why situations aren't right. And if that's your constant conversation, then what you're going to create is a world that you will live in where something is always wrong. That will affect your money. That will affect your health. The easiest way to turn that around, the easiest way to turn that around is for you to begin to focus on what's good in your life all of the wonderful things that make up who you are all of the great things that you've experienced all of the wonderful things that you've that you've overcome and you've lived to talk about it the next thing is you've got to become real clear about what it is you've got to stop doing people maybe you've got to relationships you've got to end and you've got to end some of your relationships with not only people, but with some of the negative habits that you have. And then you can begin to restore your health and you can begin to restore your finances. Forgiveness is an awful big part of it. And you have to forgive yourself. Sometimes it's really easy to forgive others, but then when it comes to forgiving ourselves, we just can't forgive ourselves. I think that this universe and spirit is so big and so loving that it has already forgiven us. Now we have to work to forgive ourselves and to forgive each other. What is the I am principle? The I am principle is this. There's a passage in the Bible, and I don't mean to make this too religious because it's more spiritual than anything. It says I am. When they ask God, when Moses says, who sent me? He's told, tell him the I am that I am. The I am principle simply states that every single thing that you say and attach to I am is what you will manifest. It is your manifesting power. So if you say I am sick and you say it and you believe it, you will be sick. If you say, oh my God, I am broke. Oh my God, I don't know what I'm going to do for gas money. Then you will be broke and then you won't know what you're going to do about gas money. If you look at your life today, you will see that every single thing that you're experiencing is a result of something that you said repeatedly out of your own mind or your own mouth or that you thought about repeatedly in your own mind. Nobody did it to you. You did it. The wonderful thing about that discovery is just like you did that, you can reverse it with your I am principle. You just start to say, I am. I am healthy, I am rich, I am happy, I am harmonious. You see, it is this wonderful I am power that will take you from where you are to manifesting and living your dreams. I love the I am principle. It is wonderful. I've got time for one more question, and it is, how can I change my situation? Ah, one of the biggest secrets to changing your situation is the I am principle. Start talking about what you want to experience. Start, when you say I am, use that for things that you want to experience. Make sure all the things that you talk about starting right now with all of your friends, with the people you work with, with the people you meet on the street are things that you want to experience. Stop talking about things that you do not want to experience. Talk about what life is going to be like when you live your dreams. I want you to talk about all of the wonderful things that you have to be grateful for and I want you to spend some time every day simply in gratitude and some more time every day 
in being into your forgiveness routine. You see, forgiveness is like sweeping out from under a rug. If you don't lift the rug and sweep out all the crap under it and you let it stay down there for a week, it's going to be pretty crappy. So I want you every day to practice forgiveness. So you change your situation right now by using your I am principle in positive ways and talk about the things that are good. You change your conversations right now today and start talking about what you have to be grateful for, all of the good things that you have experienced. And if you can't think of anything, I want you to remember the wonderful breath that you just took. I want you to remember that you walked wherever you had to walk under your own power. And I want you to remember that everything right now in this moment is perfect. I want to thank you guys for joining me tonight. Thank you very much for my email questions. I really enjoyed it. I thought that was pretty cool. Thank you for the phone calls that we got. Uh, this is just the best day of the rest of your life. Take a deep breath, exhale, and know that you are possible. I'm Stephanie Wilson Coleman, the Empowerment Doctor. This has been a sip of inspiration, and it's been a blast. There was a message in his melody, sweetest lyrics that I ever heard. There's a message in the songs of earth. Tomorrow is another day.